Well, hello everyone. How are you all tonight? You're good? Oh, you're awake too. This is exciting. It's good to start the night with eyes open, ears open, hearts open. So you're good to go? Perfect. Then I make no apologies for getting straight into it then. Have you guys ever heard someone say something like this? God has incredible plans for your life. Plans that extend beyond your wildest dreams. Plans that you can hardly even imagine. Plans that when they come into reality, you're going to look back and go, I didn't think I was capable of living a life like this. Have we heard, we've heard this, we've heard things like this. Great. Do we believe them? Do we truly believe them? And maybe the better question to ask is, do our actions confirm that we believe that? Because whenever we believe something, it should turn into action. It should turn into doing. If you uh, meet someone and they tell you that generosity is the most important thing in the world to them, then it's fair to expect that person to be extremely generous. Or if someone says that they really care about the environment, they really care about sustainability, then we could expect that they know how to recycle, they pick up litter, that they actually do take care of the environment. Or if someone said, um, art is the most important thing for humans to experience, then I would expect that that person actually devotes a portion of their life to art and sharing that with others. When we believe something, it should transfer to doing. And so if we truly believe that God has great plans for us, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm, but to give a hope and a future. If we truly believe this, Is it flowing into our actions? And that's what I want to ask us all tonight because sometimes we see it, we go, yes, this is what I believe. But when we actually take a closer look at our lives and what we're actually achieving or the fruit of that belief, you could put it, sometimes we don't actually see the fruit of what we say we believe in. And so I wanna ask us, or actually I wanna share a story. That's what I would love to do. I had a revelation of this actually just last week because we're in the vision series and if you have missed any of the series, I highly recommend you go to Spotify, listen to the podcast or if you love watching people's faces, head to YouTube, you can watch all of them back. But we've been learning about the importance of vision, the how to build it, the trials that might come with having big vision. But the overall that we should be getting by now is we need vision. We need to get out of bed every day knowing that there is a purpose, knowing that there's something greater that's putting a spring in our step, life in our body that is greater than just existing. And so we're in that series. And I started the year with a lot of vision. I was like, 2021 is the year. And I was determined to bring it to my life group. And so at the beginning of the year, we sat down and we said, what is our vision for 2021? If we could be anywhere at the end of the year, have new skills, uh, enjoy new experiences, achieve new goals, what are they to us? And so we all planned them out. And my three 
things that I really wanted to achieve. I really, really wanted to get back into health and fitness. Oh my goodness, so, so slack. I wanna be living my healthiest self by the end of 2021. I was really interested in learning a new language and extending myself that way. I thought I would love to learn French or Spanish. And I also thought that I'd love to make more time for art in my world. It's something that I love in so many different ways, and I just never seemed to have the time for it. And I went, you know what? My 2021 vision has time for this. But it is June. (laughs) (sighs) And even though I know you're all laughing, I know it's because you're just thinking of your own, but it's okay, we can laugh at me. It's June, and I did a little self-assessment. And... I realised I really just don't have the time for this stuff. I really, let's be real, we've got work, we've got home life, we've got volunteering, we've got our social life. I was like, I was just unrealistic. I don't have the time. And then, Lord bless Apple. They have this thing called a screen usage report. And I got mine for the very first time last week after I updated my phone. And time might not be my issue. (laughs) In full disclosure, after a week which I would say I didn't have any time to read or to start learning this new language or to exercise, I managed to spend 11 hours on Instagram, three hours on Facebook and nine hours on Netflix on my phone. That doesn't include iPads, laptops or TV. And I'm being honest because I know that it's not just me. But when I added it up, I was looking at 23 hours of really entertainment and viewing what other people are doing with their life. And it forced me to really question whether I truly believed that I wanted to see that vision in my life. Because so far, my actions didn't really show that. And I think we've all had a moment where we've realised that we're not where we want to be in life and it might not be anyone else's fault but our own. There are always external things. There are always happenings and COVIDs and whatnot. But there is always a point where you have to look at yourself honestly and go, I think this is on me. You know, I don't know what it might be for you, but maybe you've always dreamed of owning your own home. But you also really enjoy eating out or having the latest tech or buying the latest things, and you've slowly lost that vision. But you'd say you believe in it, but your actions don't really add up. Or maybe you dream of doing a particular degree, but you just haven't put in the time or this effort to study and invest into that education. You know, it might be a relationship. It might be um, someone that maybe in a moment you were really harsh with and you've hurt a relationship. Even though you care about it, your actions aren't really measuring up. There are so many moments where we have to look at the vision we had for our lives, where we are, and actually trace it back to just us. It's not because God didn't do something. It's not because the world did something to me. It's actually because I didn't take self-control in my life. And so I've waited a long time to use the word self-control because I don't know how we will all react to this term because I feel like it has 
kind of negative connotations, not because it's a bad thing, but because no one really likes the thought of self-control. It's not a term we fling around for fun. It's not like you'd meet someone and they'd be like, tell me something great about yourself. Oh, I just, I love self-control. It's like my, my favorite thing. Like if you meet that person, run away very quickly. But it is critical in our lives. It only takes a short Google, and don't worry, I did proper research, but it is very quickly becomes apparent that self-control is one of the critical things that determines success, that determines achieving our goals, that determines people living content and satisfied with their life. And so maybe it's not something we should be afraid of. <laughs> maybe this is something we actually need to embrace. You know, self-control is just the ability to control oneself. In particular, in particular, one's emotions and desires, especially in difficult situations. And I think by now a lot of you already know what I mean by self-control, because I'm sure things are flooding to your head when we talk about vision, when we talk about the things we really want to see in our world. We already start to go, yeah, if I'd saved a bit, a bit more, or if I'd studied a bit harder, if I'd put in the effort, if I'd done dot, 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 I might be living in the reality of my dreams. And God wants us to live in the reality of our dreams. That's why He tells us He has a plan. I really don't, I was thinking about it. Why would He need to tell us that if it happened and it wasn't gonna impact our lives? I think He knows we need to know that there is something greater for us to actually invest into. And so we're going to look at that tonight in a proverb that I think so beautifully explains why we need self-control. And then we're going to look at some easy ways that we can implement it. And then I'm going to have a drink before we do that. So, oh, yes. I was summing up whether I could get through the next part and I decided against it. Perfect. So in Proverbs, and I love this, actually, at the very beginning of Proverbs, it sets the intention for the book. And it says this, their purpose, so the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. If you're not sure where to start in the Bible, the book on disciplined and a successful life might be a great place to start. But in this proverb, in chapter, tw in chapter 25, uh, verse 28, it says this, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Yeah. Or another version reads, whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And I think that this verse might seem a little bit out of context at first, or maybe a bit vague. We don't really have city walls in Australia. I mean, we have barbed wire, I, white picket fences. We don't really have, not that I'm aware of, these big city walls like they did. And so it's really important to step back in time and actually ask, what would this have meant to the people who heard that? What's their connection with a city wall? And the important thing to understand is that a city wall was not just for looks, wasn't to keep people in, it was actually to protect, to secure, to make safe. The city wall was what meant you could live inside and not 
consistently be worried about being attacked by another nation or another tribe. We're talking about a time when whoever was strongest was whoever was in power. If the person in the city next to you had more military than you, it wasn't your city, it was their city. We're talking about a time when it was do or die, when it was eat or be eaten. We're not talking about today when we're all relatively, well, in this part of the world, relatively happy to stay within the confines of our nation and of our borders. And so for these people, this was their livelihood. What that wall represented was the ability for them to live free and to live in peace. And when you actually look into uh, the history of the development of cities, they say that the wall was actually what begun a human revolution because for the very first time in human history, not every person had to be prepared to defend. Not every man had to be trained to be a soldier from the day that they could carry a sword. For the first time, people could actually specialise in things other than war. They could look in, they could invest their time into architecture or science or art or education or medicine. For the very first time, their entire focus did not have to be protection and defending their city. And this is incredible. This is an incredible thing to realise that just by building a wall around a city that we have evolved to where we are now, where we don't even require walls because technology's where it is, education's where it is, science is where it is, medicine's where it is. We're relatively able to live in peace. It's like the peace extended out of everyone's walls and they became comfortable to exist without them. And so when King Solomon writes that whoever does not have self-control as like a city without walls, what he's saying is that you will never build a life worth living if you do not have self-control because at any moment something will come and destroy what you have. If you don't have self-control, you're open to anything coming and tearing down your vision. If you can't control the fact that you spend hours up every night without sleeping, you are going to be tired and you are going to struggle in work and to actually do well. That's not, that's not a wall. You're actually allowing things to come into your life and take away from what you're building. And that's not okay. And we need to realise that because I think the world has this view and we can have this view that anything with the word control means we're taking away your freedom. You can't do whatever you want to do, so that's a restriction. This is something that um, isn't good for you. And we view it in such a negative light, the same way that someone looking at a wall around a city might go, today just would have kept people stuck inside. It's a bit of a restriction. Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. What if people wanted to leave? What if people don't like the look of the wall? But that means we're completely out of the context of what the people are experiencing, and we do that today. We look at self-control with no actual understanding of what it does for us, the way that it protects us, the way that it allows us to build our world in ways that we can't even fathom. And so I wanna talk about some simple ways that we can develop or um, encourage the growth of our self-control, but I think before we do, it'd be a shame to move on and miss what this reveals about God. You know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline or self-control. 
And I think that you could so easily read this and go, God wants us to have self-control, that's great. He wants us to make sure we don't do the things we're not supposed to do, that's great. But what I see is a God who did not just love us, but loved us enough that he realized we needed free will. You can't have true love without free will. If there's coercion, if there's force, if there's no choice, there's no love. But that in giving us our free will, knew that he had to give us the keys to succeed in our own free will. Knowing that by releasing us to make our own decisions, to come to God on our own terms, to decide to love Him back even though He loved us, meant that we were going to be opening ourselves up like city walls coming down to things that would tear down and take away from the life that we would build, the life that God has for us, the life of that incredible dream that we haven't seen yet, but we know that God wants us to build. And so what I see is not only a God who loves us so much that He gave us free will, but still desired to give us all the keys to succeed in that free will. Self-control is not a limitation that God expects us to conform to. It's actually one of the clearest signs that He wants us to succeed of our own free will. And so we need to remember that when we talk about it. This isn't just some boring thing. This isn't just a message about not eating extra Krispy Kremes or making sure that you go for a run. This is a message about the fact that God, the creator of the universe, cares so much about you that He's given you the keys to a successful life. Keys that have been revealed over time by studies, research and science, but that were revealed to Solomon 3,000 years ago because of the goodness of God. And so let's live in that. Let's not fall into the trap of just throwing it away. And maybe let's even be encouraged to read our Bibles a little bit more, not rely on the picture that the world paints of God. And so I've just got two really simple things that I want to share that can help us with self-control. I think we all know what we need to do, but there are two things that can help us. And the first thing is just that we need to start small and start now. I cannot undervalue or underline enough the importance of starting right now. I did a lot of research into this concept and there's a professor called Howard Rauchen, Rauchlin, I'm probably saying it wrong, but he's devoted his life to the study of self-control, specifically when it comes to addictions. Um, and what he says in his, he did a book, it's called The Science of Self-Control. But he made this point. He said, shall I begin a new pattern tomorrow or today is actually a psychologically false question. The real issue is whether to begin a new pattern at all or keep following an already existing one. To smoke a cigarette tonight, to eat a second dessert, to drink another scotch is to fail to perceive the connection between tonight's act and the pattern of acts over many nights and days, both past and future. And what he was saying is, if you say, uh, do I quit this tomorrow? Then it doesn't matter if you do it again today. Because if you quit tomorrow, no harm, no foul. But then if you decide not to quit, well, then you can do it today. No harm, no foul. You're not quitting. And he says, what we fail to see is that today has a profound impact on tomorrow. And we forget that. Because tomorrow will be today 
very quickly and you will end up in a cycle where you just can't figure out why your life is not meeting your vision, why you see a life of home ownership and you're in debt, why you see a life free of addiction and you're in addiction, why you see a life with healthy relationships but you're struggling with porn. This is so important for us to understand. We need to start now and we need to start small. It's not about conquering everything. Self-control will always be an issue if you have free will. It is as simple as that. So if you're struggling with this message right now because you're like, oh, Sarah, you have no idea how many things I struggle with, please don't worry. Luckily, I didn't feel convicted to share any of the other things that I struggle with other than my clear phone addiction. But everyone struggles with self-control because everyone has free will. They go together, which is, again, why this is very important. But simple habits, creating a small habit like prioritising your sleep, exercising, or even just making your bed sets a pattern in your life that pushes you towards self-control. Just a simple habit. In fact, sleep was highlighted across all the studies I did as the number one thing. Have you ever noticed when you're tired that you get really cranky really quickly? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Cherie, for the rest of us that didn't. Or you start to... Um, act in a way that you usually wouldn't because usually you've got some self-control, you're reigning in your personality, you're reigning in your temper, you're reigning in whatever it is about you, but when we get sleepy, it goes out the window. So make sure you prioritise the small things like sleep, like setting a habit, like make your bed or turning your phone off by a certain time or getting some exercise. Start small and let that muscle build. Self-control is something that you can develop. You're not just born with it. You're not just stuck with what you have. You can develop it so long as you commit to starting now and starting with something small and letting that build. Remember, day by day, the habits build onto each other. The effect of today has a huge impact on tomorrow and that just compounds as the days, months, years go on. And the last thing is just remembering to pause. You know, I think too many of us don't create a space for God to enter into our battle with self-control. Too many of us think that it's something we should be ashamed of, something that we don't want to bother God with, something that we're afraid to bother God with, or something that we've just never even considered to take to God. But I want to encourage you that it's really important to make a space for prayer and meditation in your world. Because whenever you come across things like this, God's not shocked, he's not upset, he's not hurt, he doesn't think less of you. He's just saying, come and let me help you through this. Let me show you the vision. Let me remind you why this is important. Let me fill this moment of a struggle of self-control and replace it with a thirst for the vision that I have for you that is far greater than whatever you're struggling with with. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't be anxious about anything in every situation by prayer and petition. Present your requests to God. We need to start now and start small. Get it going. Build that muscle. But we need to remember to pause and take things to God. It cannot be understated how important it is to come to God when we struggle. Just to take a moment even to breathe and actually just stop and center yourself and take a moment to meditate on what it is you truly want. Because that's the battle. It's what you want now versus the greater vision for your life. 
It's whether you want to spend that money now or you want to work towards that savings goal. It's whether you want to say those harsh words in the heat of the moment or actually restrain yourself and protect a relationship. It's whether you actually want to invest into your education and succeed a goal of reaching a career or whether you'd rather go out to a party or watch Netflix or whatever it is that we're not allowing self-control to step into. That's what this space is for, to have a moment between you and God to say, please remind me of the vision. Remind me of the good things you have for me. (laughs) Remind me how much greater it is than the thing that I'm facing. Because it will always be greater if you take the time to ask, if you take the time to actually stop, breathe, and talk to God. And so I just have a few questions for us tonight. And the first one is this. Do you truly believe that God has great plans for you and do your habits and choices reflect this? Go home and look at your life through a very honest lens. And if there's a vision that you want and a habit that you can see is gonna affect that, be honest with yourself. Is there an area in your life you can identify where improving self-control will have a positive impact? Doesn't need to be big. But one simple thing. And what is one simple thing that you can start now? The key is now. The key is not allowing tomorrow to become today again and again and again. If we can start right now, the power is with us. And then the last question is, do I need to challenge myself to come to God when I struggle with self-control? You know, I think that's something that all of us struggle with sometimes. There will always be a point where you feel like you've crossed a line or you've gone too far, or this time God's really gonna be unimpressed with you. But can I encourage you that God has nothing but grace for you. God tells us these things, not because He's confused by them, but because He knows us inside and out. He knows every single part about you. He knows every single flaw we could possibly have. When you come to God, He's not surprised. He just loves you and wants to help you. He's just like, come to me, let me get you back on your way instead of spending all this time in the middle ground where you let self-control lose the war. He's like, just come to me. All I have is grace and mercy and love. I just wanna remind you that I have an incredible vision for your life and I want you to live in that. This isn't about shame. This isn't about guilt. This is about a thirst for life. This is about being encouraged by the God who created you, that He's taken the time time to reveal how to live a successful and an incredible life. And so why don't we all stand tonight? Because I would love, I would love to pray for anyone here tonight. Well, I think for all of us, actually. I think all of us, if we're not dealing with something now, we'll be dealing with something in the future because self-control is just buddies with free will. It's something that all of us are going to come in contact with at some point. And so Father God, I just want to thank You so much that You're a God who knows every single part of us, that You're our Creator and that You're not surprised by the flaws or the struggles that we face. And I pray right now, Father God, that anyone who is struggling with self-control, anyone who it feels like the thing in front of them right now or in the moment is better than the vision, the greater plan and purpose that You have, God, that they've been dreaming of, I pray that You would remind them afresh how incredible the plans You have for them are. I pray that You would remind everyone afresh of how great and good the plans You have for our lives are, God, that we would be refreshed and encouraged and reminded that there is so 
much worth fighting for when it comes to self-control, God. In Jesus' Name, Amen.